Are you going through menopause or perimenopause? Mm. Let me tell you the struggle to find comfort in my body. Sometimes it, you know, I'm telling you, if you know what I'm talking about, and I know you do, then you have to try hormone harmony. Yes, you do. The struggle is real. And hormone harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon, y'all, for real. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of hormone harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Wow. Hormone harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life, okay? So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Mm. Mm -mm. No, no. Any woman with symptoms with hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like... Okay, can I just say hot flashes and night sweats? They are wrong. They're just wrong and evil. Yes, they are. And racing thoughts and and low moods. Let me tell you something. My mind is like a chattering monkey all night long. Feeling tired all the time. Poor sleep. Yes. And no desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Okay. Okay. I know you do. (laughs) Okay. So hormone harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code FRANGELA at checkout. Mm-hmm. That's happymammoth.com and use the code FRANGELA for 15% off today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs. And we all want that, right? Mm-hmm. It's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet, including several superfoods that are vital to your dog's health. Badlands Ranch also sponsors the Jason D. Heigl Foundation, which has helped rescue thousands of dogs and place them in loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and experiencing amazing health benefits. That's right. My dogs love it. My little picky, picky dog, my boss dog, Twombly, is finally eating. And I've tried everything. I mean, I've tried prosciutto people. So go to badlandsranch.com slash Frangela and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to Badlands. That's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S, ranch.com slash Frangela today. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? 
He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. M S W Media. Hi, I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela, and welcome to The Final Word. The Final Word with Frangela. The final word. 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 We want to thank you for joining us here on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and MSW Media. Because you are smart and you know where to go for good information and great entertainment. Okay. That's right. (laughs) We want to thank all of you who are our OGs, our Patreon supporters. All you do is go to Patreon, put in Frangela, and we'll come up and you can become a supporter too. And what do I mean by support? I mean actual support. That is helping us. Well, not helping us. It is the only way that we're able to continue doing our podcasts and doing all the things we try to do out here in the world. We cannot thank you enough, those of you who have been Patreons. If you have the ability, even if every amount is helpful and we appreciate it. Thank you. And you get something, right? Like we say thank you in many ways. You get three micro idiots a week. I mean, if you go over right now and become a Frangela supporter, you will have over, I think, 550, over a year's worth, and then some of micro idiots to listen to and laugh too. Because I'm going to tell you, you're going to, once we're done with this podcast, you're going to want to laugh some more too. Okay. That's right. I'm going to tell you, micro idiot number 564, I just listened to it earlier. It may be the one that finally broke us. Did it? Yeah, because we we both have this like this at the end. It's sort of a rage that dies <laughs> down to like a sad, melancholy acceptance. There's something in it that's poignant and plaintive. I think you'll enjoy it. Well, make sure you go over there. And then when you're done with that, go on over to Cameo. Get yourself a specialized video from Frangela. We can wish you a happy birthday, happy anniversary. Tell your kids to go to sleep whatever you can give it as a gift but that's a video you get to keep and look at for you for you and speaking of for you why don't you join us for the indictment tour oh my goodness sexy liberals are going on tour october 21st here in los angeles is going to be our only show in 2023 but go on over to sexyliberal.com and check out our tour schedule we'll be updating it on the regular Thank you very much. And also every Friday, we are on the Stephanie Miller Show for the last hour. Yes, you can get your Fridays with Frangela. See, see what I did there? Your Fridays. It's Fridays. It's Fridays. Like, yay, Friday, yay. Friday, Fridays. <laughs> it's the blackest hour in, in radio. Although that didn't make it sound like that. I know. Hey, <laughs> but it is. It is the really blackest. Really black. 
Oh, speaking of really black, uh, Supreme Court guts affirmative action in college admissions. That's just not about black people. No, Let and that's, me but say that, that. But that's been the, that's how they've gotten rid of it. That's right. making it that. Let me tell you, you know, I've watched, you know, I never thought that they would gut affirmative action. But, oh, I did. <laughs> but the reality is, if you think about, you know, affirmative action or voting rights as a stone monolith, you know, I'm going to go to doom, you know, mm-hmm. when they have the guys come before, you know, before the, the monolith and try to cut it, right? And it's hard stone. But if you wear away at this this these rights long enough, you keep telling the story that your uh, if I keep telling the story that your child is not benefiting because of affirmative action, if I tell America yes, that right. story long enough. I will be able to wear down the strongest, the strongest stone and cut into it and gut it out. And that is what the Supreme Court did today. Yeah, I think it's really important to, you know, I wanted to look for, I think that if you're a person, affirmative action is one of those topics that I feel like does get people to be a lot more honest around their feelings around prejudice and uh, discrimination, just like reparations does. And I think that if you're somebody who feels like there's something wrong with it or whatever, I would encourage you to do some research on it. And, And you don't have to do a lot. It's not hard to find, but it's not, this is from, so I wanted to find the most like, Who's like, you know, you're not going to call it some sort of liberal rag or necessarily Teen Vogue. Mm-hmm. The Teen Vogue has been doing, they've been doing a series on educating people about a lot of topics. And, and they have a, they had an article in March um, about affirmative action and basically set, being really clear about the fact that affirmative action has easily benefited white women the most in this country. Absolutely. And that that while even that, while that benefit, and, and I can bear that out with stats, which we will in a moment, but understand that I want to play what um, a little bit of audio from President Biden today. He came out and spoke after the Supreme Court ruling came down. So just want to play a little bit of this audio to be clear about what we're talking about. Many people wrongly believe that affirmative action allows unqualified students, unqualified students to be admitted ahead of qualified students. This is not, this is not how college admissions work. Rather, colleges set out standards for admission. And every student, every student has to meet those standards. Then and only then, after first meeting the qualifications required by the school, do colleges look at other factors in addition to their grades, such as race. The way it works in practice is this. Colleges first establish a qualified pool of candidates based on meeting certain grade, test scores, and other criteria. Then and only then, then and only then it is from this pool of applicants, all of whom have already met the school standards, that the class is chosen after weighing a wide range of factors among them being race. So what the president is saying there is absolutely true, which is affirmative action doesn't happen before qualification. The first thing that happens is, are you a qualified student? Yes. Do you meet these requirements? Then there's a whole list of things that colleges start applying to that candidate. The first one being, are you a legacy? Meaning, did your parents go there? Right. Which is nepotism, which everybody says it's okay. 
Thank you. It ain't pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. No, no, no. The system is okay with nepotism. That's I'm right. okay with George Bush Sr. going to Yale and George Bush Jr. going to Yale. That is how That's and then fair. all the Bush children go to right. Yale. That's, That's fair. fair. Right. That's a, that makes total sense. Athleticism, whether or not you're an athlete or your parents can buy a fake athletic career for you, like Aunt Becky did. Um, that, that, that's one of the qualifications mm -hmm. um, or this criteria that, that gets used. And the simple fact is that it's not an accident from this is a quote from this article in Teen Vogue. It's not an accident. The conversations about affirmative action tend to center on race as opposed to gender. Instead, it's a predictable outcome of a campaign by well-funded and organized opponents of race-based civil rights programs mm -hmm. in response to legal challenges that resulted from the 1960s civil rights movement. Most people, as, as the president said, they seem to believe that affirmative action means quotas. That's been illegal since the late 70s. It was Bach, I think. But yes. yes. I, I, I want to drop something in right here. And when we talked about, we were talking about really earlier about the right, far right, that this is their activist lane. Yes. And they are getting these things done and accomplished. And it doesn't matter to them that they will reach back to a ruling that was 60 or 50 years ago. They will take away your uh, ability to, to, to have an abortion. They will take away affirmative action. And here's the other thing, and I want everybody to hear this shit. These are people who believe that they can reenact slavery. Yes. The and, and here's the thing. What I am watching as far as DeSantis in Florida, mm -hmm. as far as the Supreme Court, is these people enacting their visions. And we need to wake up to that shit please continue but that's exactly what we Fritz is exactly right you know she's been talking you've been talking a lot about this documentary happy shiny people yes and 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 it's worth absolutely you you should watch it because what every when i say on the regular okay what if we allow into our consciousness that Mitch McConnell, that that Kevin McCarthy, that these people aren't making weird because people keep talking about the GOP and the Republican Party. And why are they pursuing such widely unpopular legislation? Abortion rights are widely popular. Uh, gun control is widely popular. But then why won't they do it? The reason is and because 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 it doesn't make sense. Right. In people's worldview, they go, well, these people want power. They don't want power. They have power that's okay right. they don't need to want something they already have number one as evidenced by you not having it yep. number one number two what they they actually i believe are activists for their white nationalist cis sexist heterosexist ableist agenda they are in fact white nationalists who i believe are in alignment they are activists in an alignment with their beliefs their belief structure is that you shouldn't be voting at all that's right. And they're doing everything they can to limit that from the Supreme Court on down. And so I think when we allow that in, maybe we have a better chance of combating it because people keep saying, well, Mitch McConnell or whoever, they have to do this to stay in power. And then that doesn't jive with, but then they, these people pursue these, these acts of legislation that people don't want. Well, you know, it does jive with that. That's their belief system. And that's yeah. their viewpoint. And that they are in fact, the quiverful, you know, that they are in fact trying to bring about a Christian Sharia law, if you will, trying to bring about the most repressive kind of 
of you know society that you we could think of, including something like slavery. And you know, this is the other stuff that I don't think that we as Americans allow in because we're not conspiracy theorists. We don't want to believe we've been sleeping with the enemy, yeah. you know? But here's the thing. Have you checked in on what Christians believe, far-right Christians believe mm-hmm. lately? Have you checked in on their ideology? Have you yeah. checked in on their politics? Have you checked in on their POV? Not just your Aunt Sally, who you kind of know. Right. But as a group, what are they about? Be clear about something that, I, and we've said it before, the move against education I is one of the more disturbing things that I've seen happen in my lifetime. And, and there's a reason for it because you don't want people educated if you want to oppress them. Oppression is a lot easier when people don't have information. So they're not, they, yeah, they want to get rid of getting, letting women and, and people of color into college. They yes. want to get rid of college, period. They That's only right. want them to hold the keys. So this is what's, you know, if you just even do the minimalist bit of research, like I said, read this one article from Teen Vogue, which will not be challenging in any way in its content. I mean, in terms of trying to access it, it's not overly, you know, um, it, you know, whatever, higher pollutant legal language or anything. But he said uh, there, th- this is from the article, there are clear structural indicators that reveal that white women have benefited from these policies more than any other group. For example, when we look at the progress made in higher education to create more racially inclusive and representative campuses, we see that progress has been quite slow. Statistics reveal that Latinos and African-Americans are still underrepresented today in universities' admissions and graduation rates, especially in four-year colleges. However, The progress made in achieving greater gender equality in colleges and universities is starkly different. Although women made up only 35.3% of those receiving bachelor's of arts degrees in 1960, before affirmative action policies were established, by 1982, that's 22 years later, women were no longer underrepresented among degree recipients. Today, women have surpassed men in college admissions and graduation rates. In particular, if we look at white women, we find that by the year 2012, the group's enrollment in colleges and universities outpaced that of white men with 72% of white women enrolled compared with 62% of white men. Can I stop? stop? mm -hmm. Can I jump in real quick? When you go back to the Quiverfield philosophy, when you go back to the far right philosophy, when you have educated women, that's who they're afraid of because he, she will know if she's educated, she will no longer tolerate having nineteen babies. That's right. She don't have to have nineteen babies. Her daughters say, and that's what when they're talking about grooming and education, they don't want the they don't want their daughters to know. That's right. But there's something beyond fucking dumping babies out of their wombs. That's right. Um, employment patterns reveal the same trends. Since the 1970s, African-American unemployment rates have consistently remained about double those of whites, with even greater disparity for African-American teens. But if we look at unemployment rates by gender, we see that the tw- in 2019, unemployment rates for men, 3.6%, were nearly the same as for women, 3.5%. Maybe even more revealing is the fact that in 2019, white women's weekly earnings, $840, were higher than black women's, 704 and black men's 769. 
Despite these impressive gains for white women, approximately 70% of them somewhat or strongly oppose affirmative action. So they've mm-hmm. gotten white women to oppose the thing that's helping them the most. What? Because you, here's the thing, when you are being poisoned by the system, you don't recognize your own poisoning, that's that right. you're poisoning yourself. Yep. And so what happens for me when I'm watching and looking at this is, is that which is why they don't want those women being educated is that when you understand what allyship is, which, which is why a person who is homosexual never has to thank me for thank support. You. I am an ally. Well, your pain is my fucking pain. Okay. Mm-hmm. Women, you are an ally. Your pain is my pain. You know, kids, children, safe gun safety. Your pain is my pain. Not because I'm compassionate, not no. because I'm empathetic. It's because I'm a fucking ally. The reality is none of us are free if any of us aren't. The, the, that as long as there are structures in place that oppress, they oppress. Like yes. that is how that works. And that 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 absolutely I feel exactly the same way. Like it is. And and this is the thing. Understand that the equation. If you can read the sum of us, I we can encourage you more than, My? than this to do it. The Heather McGee book because it talks about the cost of racism for all of us and for the nation as a whole, and how much we lose by allowing our thinking to be caught up in binary thinking. Like to allow that if somebody gets something, somebody loses something. When that's not true, and that's not happening. No. And I can tell you, and I have to listen to newscasters all day long today talk about diversity at universities as if it's a reality when it is not a reality. Let's talk about this this ruling. The Supreme Court ruled colleges and universities can no longer take race into consideration as a specific basis on in admissions, a landmark decision that overturns longstanding precedent that has benefited Black and Latino students in higher education. Chief Justice John Roberts, who wrote the opinion for the conservative majority, said Harvard and University of North Carolina admissions programs violated the Equal Protection Clause because they failed to offer measurable objectives to justify the use of race. But we don't offer measurable objectives to justify the use of legacy is there anybody who believes donald trump got into wharton on his own is there anybody who believes that we don't we don't use measurable objectives to justify the use of money no do we all think that last year or two how many years ago it was now that aunt becky and um what's her name mrs william h macy yes when they got busted, do we think that's the first time that's happened or that it hasn't happened then, since, or otherwise? I mean, the reality here is there are, like, this is not a meritocracy, and this ruling does not bring us to a meritocracy. No. It, there's nothing about this country that's a meritocracy, quite clearly. And I and, and it's frustrating because we have allowed them to frame this debate in the, you don't get something, your kid can't get into the school that he deserves to go to because some underqualified poor black person is getting it just because they're black and there couldn't be anything further away farther from the truth further from the truth because what i can guarantee you is that they don't let f uh latent students black white asian you have to qualify before we even get to that that's Before right. Before we even get to it, you have to be somebody that would get into the school already. Then the first thing they look at is legacy. <laughs> it's like, it's absolutely astounding. But this is, and people, you know this, 
look around you. Are you seeing a whole bunch of CEOs that are black and, and or women or Latino? Are you seeing this anywhere? No, look around your school. Are you yeah. actually seeing this? No, you're not. But the thing is that they have gotten, you know, and I and I have heard it said that, you know, for white women, particularly middle-class, upper-middle-class white women, here's the problem, is that your benefit, the benefit, and this is, this is a macro issue because this is we have to decenter ourselves because I know there are people who hear that and they go, I work, I didn't have these, I didn't have privileges. I'm a white woman, but I didn't have these things. Of course, you did not everybody does. We're talking macro, we're talking systemic, we're not talking about individuals, right? There's going to be people outside of this, nor am I talking this is not everybody's experience. We're talking percentages and Thank averages. You. And you have to decenter yourself. With a minute when when people give you data and you want to respond with your experience, that to me is that's my signal to decenter me because when i give you a data point and you come back with your personal experience you're missing the data point you got to decenter yourself and your experience and then we can have this conversation more honestly and in a new, more nuanced conversation and talk about how you can benefit from the power structures in two ways then white women by marrying white men they get the benefit of the white men's interaction in the power structure and then the benefit of affirmative action also but by by making it a race-based issue what they've done is they've gotten 70 percent of white women to think that this isn't for them and to be against it yeah and so, and that's that is if, if for no other reason it's just not good for you right justice sonia sotomayor the first latina justice on the on the court quote talked about the profound mistake that the majority was making here she said it would close the doors of opportunity to people across the nation for schools for business for the military it would have such reverberations here's the thing when we talk about the let's talk about the military right yep they're having a problem addressing racism in the military. They're afraid of talking about it. They want the military to be this white male American uh, structure that goes mindlessly to kill for whatever reason the government decides that for it to do. And if you have an educated group of people, if you have women in that structure, anybody who's going to question that structure, minorities asking, why am I going over here to kill brown people that ain't done shit to us? That's a problem. They want that out of their system. You think we have to, We you have to let it in, but that is actually the goal. That like the goal is to get people to be less educated. The goal is to get women and everyone out of education because that's without affirmative action. Now, and, and as I just pointed out with the statistics, it, it really hasn't diversified campuses in terms of ethnicity. No, it hasn't. It has in terms of gender. So so when you look at the attacks on gender and by gender, of course, we mean white women because that's, and that's, you know, a frustrating part of a lot of sort of this discussion but it's it's i think it's one of those discussions where i hear people they have this fear it's like people who are like when they talk about welfare they talk about wealth that people cheating the system as if there's some reality to it mm -hmm. and and the the amount of cheating in that system is something like one percent it's the same as any other crime like it's it's not appreciable and 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 i think that that when we don't do the work like if you find yourself feelings uncomfortable rather than just sticking with your ignorance because as judge justice katanji brown jackson said so eloquently no one benefits from ignorance i love that i love no that. one benefits from ignorance okay as she said 
go do your own research. You don't have to listen to us. And, and, and really when, you know, be okay with the discomfort, live in the discomfort. I recently, very quickly, I recently had to really check. And I think I've talked about, I may have talked about this before, but it hit me even more strongly. My ableism mm-hmm. in that, I think in my mind, people who are called, although I don't really like the term disabled, um, couldn't be prejudiced. And then uh, watching the Ken, um, why am I losing his name? The documentarian. Oh, and you know who I'm Kenneth talking Burns? about. Burns? Yes. His documentary on the Holocaust that came out like not very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, episode one, I believe, you learn that Helen Keller is a fucking Nazi. Yep. How can we be blind? How can we be blind, deaf, and, and you were mute? Okay. <laughs> and you got some issue about anybody else? How do you even know what you are? And, and you and you and you racist? But she was. Do not quote her ever again. She is a whore. She is canceled. Okay? Canceled. She's a complete, flagrant, horrifying racist. Eugenicist who believed that black babies should be killed. She's horrible. <laughs> okay. When you think about the insanity, but in my ableism, and this sounds like a weird way to call it ableist, but it is. I just had to live with this belief that certainly no, but because it's 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 so pervasive in how we think about the world, centering mm-hmm. ourselves and our experience that it can be really hard to get out of that. So I would encourage everyone, especially if something came up for you, because your feelings came up, to sit in that discomfort and try to figure out where does it come from? Yeah. And then try to go get the information. Like and like I said, you can go Teen Vogue. You don't got you don't got to go to no card catalog. You ain't got to go to no you know. You can just put in, hey, who benefits from affirmative action? Hey, what is affirmative action? What do these rulings mean? And then I would encourage you to check your sources. For example, um, what's that network? That weird network? You know, what I'm talking about the Foxies and the <laughs> other one, Newsmax, News, and- whatever. Those these sources are not great. Or like I remember. I got into some Twitter argument with a guy who kept um, quoting this article he said I should read. And then I went and looked at the article and he wrote it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's crazy. Like you can't, I, oh, okay. C- according to your article, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like it was, it was just ridiculous. So I think that that's, you know, you got You got to be, do some of that work, but I would encourage you because this is one of those discussions that I think it gets touchy for people. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I think that that's an opportunity for you to address some really difficult issues inside of yourself. And you shouldn't miss that opportunity. Speaking of, I, I you know, I don't know what to call this. The Titan uh, submissible debris. Bullshit. Yeah, and presumed uh, human remains recovered. Why are we still in any way? Why were we trying to recover these people who made a choice to go down there and have this experience? Well, I understand they they, they check in the heck out the the NTSB. Is that what it is? The the they um investigate accidents for different you know they're investigating they want to bring up the debris so they can figure out why it exploded and i was like um i can tell you why it exploded it was crappy yeah. it wasn't done well Ev- everybody said it <laughs> like i don't know why we need this information here it is guys you can't no this was not a like i don't i don't get it either the immense amount of resources that are being spent and utilized and time when we, there are people who are actively drowning right now like could actively. we just actively actively with there were there are children thank you actively trying to escape 
your regimes and parents who famine and war and exactly and, and, and just attack the amount of time energy airspace that has been placed on this bullshit when we won't do a simple fucking story about quote unquote as we call them in the news migrants on a fucking boat refugees migrants all the little terms we use to keep them from being just people instead of being humans Okay, speaking. Five, five idiots. I know. No, you what? Let me take the child, take the child out. out. The child take was the child going out. there because it's Father's Day. Because it was Father's Day, not the child's fault. Four yep. idiots. Yep. And I, yeah, it's sad, tragic, awful. Speaking of which, being consumed, our news cycle being consumed. How do you pronounce it? Pregosian? I, that's how I think it's a Pocosian or Pocosian, but I should um, know it because that's all that's been on the news for the last fucking week. Okay, I have mixed feelings about that. On the one hand, I agree with what I think what you're saying here, which is that it's too much, right? Like, there's other. Why are we this going deep? On the other hand, I think part of it is about just annoying Putin. It is. I get that. I think it's. I think it's a PR annoyance. It's hit. Tap, tap, tap. Keep mm-hmm. tapping. Keep tapping at that nerve. Just keep tap, tap, tapping that nerve on him. Um, but I also do think that, that I mean, can we talk about languaging? I know that's my preoccupation. I'm the Noam Chomsky of this podcast. But I have to say, um, in this article, for instance, it says Russia's Wagner, or Wagner mercenary group leader, Yevgeny uh, Prigozhin, aimed to capture Russia's military leadership, not overthrow the government during a brief mutiny last weekend. Can we talk about the, the, the term brief mutiny? <laughs> that's, my, that's my new band name. That's my new <laughs> band name. Brief mutiny. Hello, Detroit. We are brief mutiny. <laughs> like, brief you, really? Because what I saw, what was being reported was you were doing a march on Moscow. Putin uh, was shitting in his pants. He left. Okay. <laughs> he left. They said he left his offices and was on the run. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to tell you about laying down with dogs and getting up with fleas. When you teach this man, Pregosian, do you remember? Do you know that he was a deli shop hot dog owner? Yep. Yeah, this is this is this is sort of taking the whole. She just got off the bus in Hollywood, and a producer <laughs> spotted her, and she became Lana Turner. You know, like this is that on acid or meth, maybe he was living. This homeboy was a hot dog yep. vendor. And Vladimir Putin liked his hot dog. And this is where we are. Meritocracy. Let me tell you, <laughs> I, I I look at this situation and, and just like everything else, Putin, you created your own monster. Not only what I find so disgusting is this Wagner group who go into Africa, they exploit mm-hmm. in 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 exchange for propping up another dictator. That's right. They ex- excrete all of the resources, become billionaires that then can profit yep. uh and 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 pay for war, whatever war machine Putin wants. Well, guess what, Putin? Your your little stepchild that you sent over mm-hmm. here has gotten big for his fucking britches. 
Um, I don't I don't know why nobody learns from history. It's the Anne Boleyn. <laughs> this is a Boleyn moment. I'm telling you. You teach your hoe how to leave you. <laughs> this is the thing. I'm saying you the, I'm telling you, you you taught that mofo how to how to that's leave right. you. And guess what? You ain't got a head. Like that's how this works. It's a Boleyn moment. It is all about Eve's times. When you let the stakes yep. in. Okay. And this is the thing about um promoting, but this is the other the other thing about promoting somebody to military stature who is a hot dog vendor. What we see very quickly is that those may not be transferable <laughs> skills. That there may not be a bit a huge Venn diagram area between hot dog vendor and brilliant military commander. That like, yeah, you can hire mercenaries who can on the street fight and you can pay off people, which is what I think a lot of what they did with Russian being able to walk up without firing mm -hmm. a shot. Um, because these people, this group, they get paid in diamonds. Yeah. You know, so what they, and they don't care who's paying them. They don't care what evil they're doing. This guy doesn't have an agenda beyond his own enrichment. So what he, and the problem with that person is he's also not very bright. He also has no real military skills. So that kind of benefits Putin in terms of his ability to really move forward. But the reality also is exactly what you're saying. He bowled his situation. And when you have nobody around you, and I get, again, he doesn't necessarily want, Putin doesn't necessarily want competent people around him for a lot of reasons. The Wagner Group <laughs> you know? is 25, we're talking about, he had under his command 25,000 soldiers who are, That's crazy. you think about, okay, so let's talk about the top. Remember, everybody remember back when, at the top of the fight with Ukraine, and Russian soldiers, and we were seeing Russian soldiers evacuate and um, um, and 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 leave the the uh, tanks, and they didn't have food, and they were cold, and what have you. That's not what's happening with the Wagner Group. The Wagner Group is a military group that is being propped up with all this money. So yep. these soldiers are being fed. They are warm. They are there's camaraderie. There is food. And what what this Pogosian did with his march, and I agree with him, not agree with him, but I understand why he did it, was what he was showing was look, the military defense, the defense ministers here in Russia fucked up going into Ukraine. We weren't mm -hmm. outfitted right. We couldn't do what we needed to do. And what Bogosian has is a group of thugs. This isn't a military. Yeah. No, they are, and they are quite literally one of the, the perks of being the mercenaries. They're allowed to keep That's what, what I'm saying. So so what they are are thugs who go into an area and rape, murder, torture, and That's steal. That's right. And that that it is it is, you know, much like the Confederacy, how they uh keep That's an army. right. And so the problem is he wasn't, you know, Putin wasn't dealing with somebody who was inside the system. And and Putin created him outside the system. Totally created him. Totally created, he created him. him. State funded. But created, you know, and 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 in and this is the thing. So what did the guy do? He got big for his britches and he made a little he made a little power grab. Now, what I don't understand, Francis, what's your over and under on him falling out a window? Well, I heard that he was staying in a hotel without windows. Okay. <laughs> because you know how greasy, how <laughs> greasy the windows are in Russia. I don't know if it's climate change or what, 
but their windows tend to be very slippery. And what, what kills me is then when Putin has to pay somebody $2 billion to walk on by, to do a Dion Warwick walk on by. That doesn't really seem like very much either. I mean, it was a brief mutiny. You know? Two. It was a demi mutiny. Billion dollars. And to go say, hey, can you go hang out in Belarus right now? They love, they love a failed dictator in <laughs> Belarus. Just go hang out. Like, what's up with Belarus? Talk about a place I don't want to go. Like, Belarus just seems whack. I mean, across the board. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I, I, I get why it's an important story, but it has been the only story, the only story this week. And I understand, you know, that every time we see Putin's military challenged, what happens is we receive more intel that that, that Putin is... What do they call him in uh, John Wick? Baba, Baba Yoga? The the boogeyman? Oh, Bobby, Baba Yoga? Yeah. Is that it? Baba something Yoga? Like that. Something yeah. like that. Baba Yaga, Baba Yoga, something like that. Baba Yaga, something yeah. Like that. It's something, yeah, but, I think we're, yoga doesn't sound yeah. right, but yeah. But, uh, but he's been the boogeyman. He's been this mm-hmm. boogeyman that we have been financially and militarily afraid of. And now, here's the problem. See, Putin could have sat back in the cut, let us be afraid of him for all these years. But what happened? He he comes out, he shows his ass. And we'll be right back after these messages. Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Moji Alawode L. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast dedicated to keeping you informed while making you laugh as we all navigate this post-Roe v. Wade hellscape. The Supreme Court has declared that all of our uteri are just Airbnbs for the seat of the patriarchy. So every week we break down all the garbage news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with the abortion providers and activists we need to be hearing from right now. Plus, we talk to your favorite comedians. Because face it, if your revolution doesn't have laughter, you're doing it wrong. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, subscribe, join us on Patreon. Because when BS is popping, we pop off. It's no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, 
shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth. And now it's time for resistance. This is uh, where we give you some actions that you can go out into the world and keep the resistance going. And we always, you know, lately, obviously, we've been talking about um, human rights, trans rights, which are human mm-hmm. rights, etc. And we've talked about Drag Story Hour. And then we were like, you know what? But we haven't actually talked about supporting spe- specifically Drag Story Hour. So we'd like to encourage everybody to go to drugstoryhour.org. And it's just, if you don't know what it is, it's just what it sounds like. It's drag queens, fabulous people telling children stories, reading them stories in library, schools, and bookstores. It's a wonderful, wonderful, giving, beautiful program. Um, It captures the imagination and play of gender fluidity of childhood and gives kids glamorous, positive, and unabashedly queer role models. It is a wonderful organization. And uh, we just would really encourage anyone who can. It is a national 501c3 nonprofit. So those are tax deductible donations, yes. I believe, unless the tax law has changed around that. And um, I'm not an accountant. And uh, but definitely check it out. Drug Story Hour was created by Michelle T and Radar Productions under the leadership of Julian Delgado Lopera and Virgie Tovar in San Francisco in 2015. And we'd really like, just go go learn about it and give yeah, what you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just want to say this really quickly. You know, if you are a person that can have, you know, more of a relationship with a gunkle, that's a gay uncle, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that you have these people in your lives that that in, in, in your children's lives and your grandchildren's lives so that when they're asking questions about that person, it it, mm-hmm. it invites conversation. It invites teaching. It invites a whole host of things that that begin to talk about otherness in positive ways yeah we need a diverse life you know it benefits you in every way so that's really important okay check it out check it out check it out i'm francis callier i'm angela v shelton we are frangela thank you so much for listening to the final word (laughs) surprise myself (laughs) okay here's how miro works See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com.